0: Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total photonic reversal. Photonic reversal. reversal. With your with host, 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 host,
1: host. Drum. 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 Broadcasting from the secret underground layer and Milwaukee will come.
2: A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power.
3: Thing is though, if you don't laugh. You're going to go
4: on a killing spree with sharpened nails. do it,
2: do 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 Confidence of a hero
5: or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain wit.
0: but
2: not whatever. If we're, what, what an excellent professional segue that was. 150 people was a massive crowd, you know?
5: You know, I kind of know the sound man for Rob Zombie. i presenting you the illusion of choice. see anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. And I like that because it's at be the beginning, middle,
0: of and the end. Could not
2: be more professional. It'll get you pumped up.
4: We have answers.
2: It means something.
0: That's like a science thing, right? Yeah, that's right.
2: That's right, babies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what's up, everybody?
5: Yeah.
2: Welcome, welcome once again to the one and uh, the only... Protonic You're reversal. to Protonic Reversal. <laughs> that's the NPR one.
5: Uh, Protonic Reversal. Oh, yeah. popping my peas there, that's Protonic reversal. Yeah.
0: Well, Protonic, yeah.
2: Reversal.
5: Protonic reversal.
0: Protonic reversal.
2: Protonic reversal. Welcome to it. Hi. Hello. Hello. Greetings.
5: Hello. 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 Welcome Hi. to the show. <laughs> Thanks for tuning. Thanks into for the tuning show. into the show. Okay.
2: All right. Yeah. It's gonna be a good time, and oh, all.
5: We're gonna talk and have a thing. It's gonna be
2: a whole whole situation. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I know.
5: I can't. Let's no. A, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. We've got. We got a good. We got a show. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I say that. Almost every
5: show. Well, you've got confidence in your show. Yeah, that's
2: true. It, you know? Episode 98?
5: 98? Eight? Eight? <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to write that down. <laughs> <I can try>. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Pretty sure it's episode 98. Let's well, just go fine. and say,
2: I'm just going to call it episode 98. Uh, and and uh, yeah, I think we figured it out. We figured it out. We figured out the thing.
5: It might we've, just have to be 98 asterisk if there's some sort of issue there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, be fine. No, I'm pretty sure it is 98. That's well, um, say, That sounds right doesn't sound wrong. It doesn't sound wrong. It doesn't sound wrong. <laughs>
2: just because it doesn't sound wrong doesn't mean that it's right, Josh.
5: Well, uh, you're right. Uh, anyway,
2: uh, it's, it's a good <laughs> <laughs> Dropping that entirely. I'm just done with it completely. Yeah. I'm a scat man. Oh, Jesus. Not what I was looking to hit, but that's, what a, that's totally f- okay. <laughs> <laughs> got a little glare on the, uh, on the old screen. All right. What? And it's a glare.
5: Uh, Yeah, you played the show. That was fun. Oh yeah, that show was a good time. That uh, Those fake limbs and those conformists. Real good at uh, both the musics and the humanity. Good peoples, good musics, good times. Uh, first time playing the High Dive, which is a tiny little place. It is not big. No, but uh, he's I enjoyed not, it. He's not wrong, folks. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I liked it. Uh, the sound was actually pretty good. The PA is decent. Uh, we had a fun time, even though we were... Probably a little under, under rehearsed, but
2: uh, yeah, it's not good. I've no seen else, you guys yeah. play a lot, that's true. And am uh, sure, no one
5: else noticed except us, but yeah, now it's time to uh, dig back into the bunker and try to finish that new record.
2: And what a foin foin bunker it is, a foin bunker, a
5: foin bunker, indeed. <laughs> oh man, and I got my uh, I there's got, some new
2: uh, material there. there. There was uh, yeah, uh,
5: two or three, yeah, yeah, three, four, something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, we we're working on
5: yeah. it. Uh, I got uh, got. Got the uh, second speaker in my bass cab again, finally. Got that all fixed up. Fantastic. I will uh... Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, we got a lot of pro audio folks in here, I guess. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, I do want to actually, I want to give a nice shout out to uh, Rusty and Rockhouse. Rusty! I'm just going to leave the same applause going. That's fine. Yeah, for him. (laughs) Uh, Rockhouse Guitars and Drums over in River West. You know them, you love them. If you spend any time looking for musical instruments in Milwaukee at all, They've been around for a while, and they're always great.
2: Elizabeth is presented to you by Rock House. Rock House. <laughs> <laughs> the one you really need to rock the house. <laughs> you just go to Rock House. It's all in the name, folks. It's like
5: Planet of the Apes. Friends, do you need something with an aluminum <laughs> neck? Friends, why not check Rock House?
2: <laughs> rock house <Rocks>. <laughs> 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 oh, that's very fun to say it is part part of what's great about it too. yeah it's a good yeah. story too they, yeah, Absolutely. You're into that, kind of, you're into that kind of thing and i am i know you are folks
5: <laughs> yes indeed uh yeah oh so uh, uh yeah
2: what all what all uh what's happening to you what, what else what else is going on that was like one thing
5: yeah that was it that's, really that's the only thing I uh, it's been a quiet yeah, week. It's just the one thing. Yeah. Honestly, the rest of it's been taken up with a lot of uh, concern, and we don't necessarily have to get into it. Uh, yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah,
2: I really like to just kind of concentrate on one thing a week. Yeah, you know, really, really kind of like finally, finally hone my my events for you know once a week. I don't know what I'm talking
5: about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about either, buddy. I'm
2: just frantically doing other things at the uh, same yeah, time. Yeah, we're it's, trying to trying to produce. You know.
5: A radio show, Radio and, Magic, and folks. Radio
2: Magic. We're talking Eugene t- Robinson. Yeah, okay, that's uh, that's exciting.
5: That is exciting.
2: He's a a mini a many
5: splendor dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's what a many as. a mini
5: splendor dude. Sure, yes, yes. I'm. I, you know, yeah. Lean uh, into that one. Multi talented.
2: Yep. Uh, excellent writer, mm. uh, performer of not only music, spoken word. Um, he's done many. Fantastic! I don't know if you call them guest shots, collaborations, things along those lines sure. over the years. Uh, just a real, real interesting dude. A, um, a very <laughs> supremely talented gadflyish individual with a, a, a very powerful intensity of an artist.
5: Mm. Are you describing him as a man about town?
2: Bit of a man about town. Bit of yes. a man about town. Yes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: You know, man about town. Man about town. <laughs> Like you do, mad about you.
2: <laughs> like you do. Uh, so anyway, that's coming up. Looking forward to that.
5: Yes, Isn't Uh Now, yeah, what's been going on? So with what you else this is going week? on? I don't know. I don't know. I I, I kind of purposely uh, didn't yeah, want to do nothing. anything this week.
2: Yeah. Well, everything's everything's dog shit. Yeah. But I mean, even apart from that,
5: I had such a busy last week that this week I wanted to uh, slow down just and kick it. Yeah, back it off, and you know, actually do things like. Uh, Clean the house. Mm. Adult things. Mm. Adult situations. Rated R. Excellent. Rated R for adult situations like bill paying. (laughs) Like
2: bill paying. The
5: dishes. (laughs) And other
2: such classic (laughs) hits as taking out the trash.
5: <laughs> what is that in the tub? Ooh, cleaning the cat box. <laughs> hey, that's a big hit. <laughs>
3: oh, baby, don't you know I'm gonna scoop it out? <laughs>
5: I'm getting uncomfortable
2: with mm-hmm. it now. <laughs> well, uncomfortable is what this show's all about. Uh, this is uh, this is Oxbow, and it goes with something oh like this.
0: Looking for love Every girl is crazy about a sharp-dressed man
2: All right, well, I'm a sharp-dressed man by Zushu 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 <laughs> I should know how to say shush that. Shush I freaking, I <laughs> know the guy. Yeah. I was going to do something real freaking cool, but, uh, you know, I didn't. Sorry, my life. It's a <laughs> Neutron story. Christ. But right. then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better. Better late than never. Right. Yeah. Anyways, you two. Sharp-dressed man. That was, uh, that was cool. Yeah, I took that. I dug that. <laughs> all right. We're doing the cool thing now. It's been done. We'll talking to Eugene Robinson shortly. It's all <laughs> Salminio, uh what what do you think the connection with that is there? Uh, oh, yeah, Josh? in terms of
5: the connection to the actor? Yeah, like
2: why do t- <laughs> What do you think we're playing that excellent song?
5: <laughs> oh, uh, oh, that song.
2: Was the next caller uh, <laughs> Hey right, oh. hey. Uh, but seriously, What's happening? do you know, do you know the connection with that? Uh no. Okay, so Salminio,
5: I mean, I know Yeah, ooh, is Sal like a Mineo.
2: superhero team
5: up, right? Oh, yes.
2: So it's it's two it's two excellent artists. Yes. One of which is our guest Eugene Robinson. Hey, and the other of which is uh, Mr. Jamie Stewart of Zhu so Look at that! Uh, who we just played uh, just a, right before that.
5: There's a whole. Uh, you got your you got your part here and your part there, and you put them together, and you have uh, you got some in You.
2: That was a ZZ Top cover, if I remember correctly, right? The Shark Press <laughs> Man. <laughs> if I remember correctly, from the thing that happened like a few minutes ago.
5: <laughs> you do, in fact, remember correctly. Your brain is not failing oh, you that quickly. Fantastic. All right
2: uh and uh before that of course we had a cold and well lit place from oxbow the uh wonderful record uh thin white duke which i, I like quite a bit it's it's very good and uh yeah that's so not,
4: that's not
2: I, 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 thin white duke hello oh no oh. no it's not that it that it's yeah it's Yuck. not it's not that <laughs> and on the phone on the phone right now of course we have uh, none other than mr eugene robinson hello eugene Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, good. Uh, well, it's a
1: Pleasure to be talking can, can to you. you can yeah. You hear
2: me? I can I can. Let me uh you can hear everything okay. okay? Yeah.
0: I can. I can. You can excellent.
2: Great. We just played a uh a s a s a, a, a Salminio song. Uh because uh Oh nice. I I, I don't know, I'm not sure Sharp if we were right now, but magic. Jushu just did a I wanna go ahead and say badass cover of Sharp Dressed Man by ZZ top for uh Onion A V Club. So That's awesome. I got to kind of do a thing, so that was a, <laughs> that was that was a Joshism. That, oh, Josh oh, Davis, oh, my oh, co-host. Oh,
1: so you oh, so, Juju did it. did a, a ZZ Top cover. Is that right?
2: Of, yeah, of sharp dressed man, and it was it was quite excellent. If I do say so myself.
1: Ah, because I think I think one of the songs on Salminio that we had done was Well dressed man. Um, oh,
4: that's <laughs> so kind of funny. <laughs> which, Slightly was, different, which was a rip
1: from Blue. This <laughs> was a rip from Blue Velvet, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, Dennis I Hopper said, I, "Yeah, I, I got your fucking well-dressed man."
2: So, <laughs> 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 so tell, how did Sal, the whole Salminio band kind of come together? Because that's a, a very awesome confluence of, of fantastic <laughs> artists uh, that I, I didn't expect.
1: Well, I, I I think what happened it, it, it goes back a bit, and we had played this weird show at Cubberley in Palo Alto, and it was indestructible beat of Palo Alto, this pretty uh, light frothy band that was popular at the time, like you know Fungo Mungo and Zazu Pits, these kind of oh, sure. y- yuppie yeah yuppie party bands. But one of the guys who played trumpet in the band was Jamie Stewart. And his father, I mean, he comes from a pretty significant musical family. Like his father, his uncle was in the Kingston Trio, I think, or something crazy like that. Oh, and that's right.
5: story,
1: oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his father, who was a musician of his own, though, came up to him after the show. He's like, Dad, what do you think? He's like, When are you going to get serious about music? And so a couple of things happened at night. His father kind of crushed him, and Oxbow played. And he decided, you know, he's kind of right. I need to do serious music. I didn't discover this until I got a call from Jamie, and K Records had paid for him to do a TV show called Chocolate, Tea, and Wine, where essentially he would eat chocolate, drink tea, and then drink wine with people, whoever he wanted to, and would film it. Oh, wow. And so went went up to his house, and we sat for two hours and drank tea, ate chocolate, and drank wine. And then he sent the footage off to K Records. I never, as often happens, sometimes I never saw the final product. But I would say that was the beginning of our association, and it was always in his mind, and both of our minds, to do some music together. So he had, I think, I did Saturn. Nico and I did Saturn, a cut he on a split seven-inch, and then he came up with uh, Salminio, which initially was like seven songs, and he goes, I don't want to do that anymore. And then he sent me, like, 22 songs of varying lengths. <laughs> <laughs> and it, And I, 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 viewed it, I viewed it exactly as what it was, which was a challenge, which I completely dug and, and rose to the occasion of, and then we toured on it. So it's cool.
2: Yeah, that's a – I mean, hey, that's – it's, like I said, two great tastes that taste great together. Like, what is it? So it was chocolate wine, and what was the third thing?
1: Uh, tea. Tea, tea.
2: Yeah. Okay. Right. I guess you get a power yeah, cleanser yeah. With, with, the, with, the, with the wine. And also, the I
1: mean, nobody, no, and, and nobody has any idea what it's going to be like to tour with me. I mean, it's one thing to know me from an occasional backstage. Hi, how you doing? And, and it's another thing entirely to spend, you know, three weeks with me on tour in another country. Um, uh, but, you know, I know that I'm a even-tempered guy with a sunny disposition. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 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 the tour ended up with, with, it, with the exception of... Uh, an unfortunate event in Belgium, the tour went off quite well, so
2: well, I'm glad to hear it yeah, that's a it's it's always interesting with groups that kind of uh quickly come together. the sort of natural inborn chemistry that happens from years of playing together uh can can kind of it it's almost like a chemistry experiment where you just let's see what happens on this chemical it goes into this solution, well,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'd like to think that I'm astute enough to actually the ones that I've turned down have been for good reason. Like, I didn't really think I could contribute anything. I didn't think it would put my voice in an interesting place. I didn't think that I, I didn't think it made sense. I only got screwed over once and it was with an Italian band called Dead Elephant Mm. and they, they sent me the record, which looks great. And they said, what do you think of this mix? And I said, this mix is terrible. You need to redo it. And then they sent me the completed product, not too long thereafter. And it was pretty clear to me that they used the mix I hate it. So we had a problem with tents. Mm. I think they just thought I'd, I'd sign off on it and be okay with it, but it was a terrible mix. It's like a rubber stamp, basically. Yeah, and I I I see have you know, and we met in Milan and they kinda of bought me a bottle of nice wine. I go, This is not about apologizing, man. It's about <laughs> making art that's that's worth a good goddamn, you know, which we haven't done. We have absolutely have not done that here. So thanks for nothing.
2: Well, and I think if there's a through line through all the stuff that you've been involved with it, that I know of, it's it's definitely that, you know, it, it's uncompromising art and it may not be for everyone and that's fine, but it it's very comfortable in its own skin. And it, it exists as its own entity uh, defiantly in the face of, of noble disconnection and, and uh, indifference. And I think that's... Yeah. Kind of missing from a lot of <laughs> a lot of the world, so I think it's a, lot, it's a lot of a thing. So I can see where that'd be something where quali- quality control would be a big deal. I can I can see that. Let's put it that
1: way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is there's certain reasons why we do it in cash, you know, cash. That's uh, not really the issue. So you're, if you're, I'm not confused at all about why I'm doing what, what why I'm doing what I'm doing. But uh, you know, the confusion. There's a lot to go around. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Uh, but whatever, they seem to be fundamentally good guys, and I don't have any extended bad feelings. I just don't like being involved in bad art. So,
2: so the you uh, so those, those are Italian dudes that you did do that um, uh, left hand path with uh, those fellows. Oh, uh, that Zoo, was Zoo, right? Yeah, that, Is that was how you good. Say it?
1: Yeah. Zoo. Yeah,
2: like Z U, and they're a band from uh, Vienna, Austria.
1: Interesting record. They're not. No, 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 no. They're not from Vienna. They're Italian, straight yeah, up. Oh, so are they? Oh, that's yeah, the label. The, that's the record label. I'm, I was going to say, yeah, I thought label. they were
2: Italian, and I was like, oh, well, joke's on me. Internet says
1: otherwise. No, 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 no. And the Massimo, I for a long time, lived in Peru, uh, two or three years, and uh, they've done stuff with Mike Patton mm-hmm. and uh, opened for Oxbow years ago in Rome, wow. and we maintained an association since, and they had been contracted but you know, uh, 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 Giallo the... Um, kind of cheesy uh, Italian horror movie style they had been uh, touched tapped by a, a film company to to make a soundtrack for a movie and uh, it was a horror movie and the film company got their music and was like okay uh this is way too fucking this is creepier than the, the movie so we're not going <laughs> to use it uh, but but we, nice. we realized that you guys we realized you guys have worked hard on it so i'll tell you what uh we will write it off on our end and you get to keep it, do whatever you want with it. And they couldn't think of what to do with it. They'd already done the project with Mike Patton and they go, Oh fuck, why don't we give it to Eugene and see what he could do.
4: Ooh, and nice. it was the
1: same thing. Like twenty eight song I mean, clearly this is not you know, some people do records that are cinematic or or soundscapes or this was a pure soundtrack done. Yeah. You know, they sat and they wrote it while watching a movie.
4: Right. And so
1: <laughs> it's pretty um, pure <laughs> Yeah, and so they gave it to me, and I, you know, I had the choice to watch the movie or not. I said, "Why would I want to watch a bad horror movie?" I'm okay. Right. And I wrote wrote lyrics, and then in San Francisco at Monty uh Illuminator uh, Audio uh, on sixteenth, I think. Yeah. Um, we just it. Um, I created this whole left hand path, um, and that's one of my favorite favorite kind of side projects as well. That and Boonewell. I have great great luck with mm. mix up mix up for the, the failure of the dead elephant thing.
2: Right, right. Yeah, that that record's pretty like bizarre, but in a good way. Like it's an interesting, like it kind of makes you pay attention because it's just there's without like an immediate frame of reference necessarily. Like it, you kind of have to. It rewards the patience and and the hearing that it was yeah. kind of conceived as a soundtrack makes so much sense now
1: right and and we did it live too i mean um there's a free show festival in this place called in valley in and france and they flew me over <laughs> they flew me over they picked me up at the airport drove me 4 hours to the venue went on stage for sound check they fed me as soon as the meal was over they go, it's show time <laughs> did the show did the show <laughs> they drove me back to the airport i passed out in the car and I was on a plane. This all happened. So essentially within 12 hours. Wow. Four to, I was dri- gonna, that's... Four, four to drive there, four to drive back. And, you know, two for the show, one to eat, one to gather my shit and leave. So it was pretty intense. Wow. Uh-huh. Meanwhile,
2: your stoner yeah. friends slept that entire time, I'm sure. You know, like 12 hours. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, there's lots of time to sleep when you're dead.
2: Yeah, so it's... Uh, and that's just, and, and of course, we're just talking the music stuff too. We're not even talking about all the, uh, you know, the, 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 and I know you've done some stuff with Todd from porch. I've seen, I've seen it. I know it cause I've seen it and it's great. And cause he's a <laughs> kind of valuable and uh, to the culture and unique guitar player that I think is kind of underrated. And you guys are both uh, for lack of a better term, you guys are kind of both old school dudes. And I mean that as a compliment yep. and it's, yep. l- it was one of the things that was like, oh, of course, like, well, first it was, oh, of course Eugene would do a show with Porch. And mm-hmm. then it was like, oh, of course Todd would back him up for some, you know, spoken word style. Mm. Like, it made so much sense that you, I was kind of surprised it hadn't existed before.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did We did this. We did a song together that was pretty atypical for him. And he, could, he said, I couldn't think of anybody else to sing it except for you, so here you go. And we recorded this song, Butte. And then they did a live show and said, you know, you should come and sing it. And I sang it and, and, um, it was at that club. Oh my God. What is that club on the other side of, uh, uh Cesar Chavez? Uh, Oh, um,
2: Oh God. Yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. It's, uh, like, like the rocket room or something like
1: no, no 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 it's on the right side of the street as you go like away from San Francisco as you go south <sighs> and it's got a it's a club within a club and um i, I, mean, I like like I, I know the I, place can't you're remember. Talking about. Make, I do know the yeah, place yeah that does not make sense. i mean oxford gone through a couple of phases and one of the earlier phases anytime anywhere any show, anywhere, anybody asked, you know, the you know, gates were endless, we could find meaning anywhere. And we did that for a long time and ended up playing some very strange kind of vocals and strange circumstances.
2: I played a couple and of those then, with you, I remember.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep. And then and then we started to go on the whole uh, no dog meat thing, <clears throat> which was the exact opposite, which is look, we're not going to play anywhere for anybody for anything unless the circumstances are completely right. And so that that was a a, a, a fun show to play because musically you know it was really nice, but um, the, the venue was not the right venue for it. You know it was under attended, and I, it, it you know I, we have to. I think if you've been doing music a long time, you absolutely have to, in a certain way, say, this is going to be good. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's it. I'm not. I'm not playing in front of four people in Krefeld, Germany anymore. You know, I'm not playing in front of three people. I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm I'm absolutely not doing it. There's no reason to do it with social media. And if people, I am sensitive to what the world is telling me. If the world is telling me, you know, we don't want to see it, then I stay home. I got better shit to do, you know? <laughs> um, and that's where, that's kind of where we all are with Oxbow. And that's where we all are with the side projects. And strangely enough, I mean, a good and regular indicator of whether or not you're wasting your time and not has to do with cash, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, um, yeah, I, I, I love I love Todd and his musical sensibilities. And uh, I thought you were talking about Todd the band at first. I didn't realize you were talking about Todd. Oh uh, no,
2: Todd Huth from uh, from, P- from
1: Portland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I want those guys. I want those guys to 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 to, to do the, the crazy Oxbow thing and just. Start to demand, you know, uh, uh, that cool shit happen to them because I think they deserve it. So
2: oh, absolutely! I mean, it's and it's so funny that the reason why you know the thing people recognize Porch most from is their Primus connection, which has like absolutely nothing to do with this incredible body of work, but it still gets. <laughs> Yeah. You know, confused yeah. And, that, to, and to me, to box in, so, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's completely, I mean, that, uh, I couldn't, if somebody ran in here with a gun right now, I could not name a single Primus song for you. <laughs> I mean, I guess they were a fine band, but they were just not a band I was listening to. That, I mean, again, I know, I know Porch way more for Porch than I do anything yeah. that has to do with Primus. Mm. So.
2: Can, I, can I just say that'd be a very specific attack and demand if somebody did come in <laughs> to threaten you with that? <laughs>
1: It could be Dave Lethco as you' running, <laughs> and he used to manage them. These are we had friends in common too.
2: yeah so it's, so it's almost like the, this kind of going back to recurring theme here that you know they're not playing where you where you auto, and, and making sure it's worth your time as a quality control sort of situation yeah. again yeah. like more quality. because you know
1: because you're you, yeah if i'm sitting somewhere doing something in a, in a venue that's not being appreciated you know i could be making music or writing lyrics or writing a song or hanging out with my kids or doing something else pretty significant so you know once i start loading that van somebody's got to pay and somebody's got to be interested in paying and if those are not happening i'm not loading a van <laughs> Right. yeah and I'm a singer anyway, so the, the uh, you know <laughs> the, the days that you find me loading a van are usually few and far between.
5: Using <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah um, singer, singer position yeah
1: yeah, <laughs> S- it's singer disease first to start talking, last to stop talking, and never around to carry equipment. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's good. I haven't so, heard that one. So when, when
4: yeah, you yeah yeah,
5: when, so when you're doing these collaborative things. Um, is the live performance like an important part of it, or is it just kind of people, people end up asking you to do it, or how does do you have a contrast between
1: those? No, the live performance is the reason. I mean, I, I, I do it to advance, advance the encyclopedia of my voice, you know, and there's certain things that I won't do or, or, like, I can't do in an oxbow format because of how I do oxbow, which is not to sing a note until we're recording notes that are sung, right? Right. So it's all kind of weirdly academic before then. It happens in my head where you know it's, it's the nexus of kind of thought, feeling, emotion, but it doesn't actually make itself known in terms of a, a song structure. So if I want to actually really use my voice, and it's necessary if you do this over a period of time, because I, I remember I signed a promissory note before I went to Stanford. You know, it took me 12 years to pay off this loan. Mm. And after I paid off the loan, they gave you the promissory note. And you don't think 12 years is that long of a time, but I did not recognize my signature. <laughs> after 12 years, I didn't recognize it. Damn, and it's yeah. the same sort of thing. You're close enough to your own voice, you don't realize this, but my voice has changed. Sure. You know, it's changed. I'm 54 now, I'll soon be 55. My voice doesn't sound the way it does on Fuck Fest. And I'm not. I'm talking about tone and timbre, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So you you ten years of not doing anything with my voice would have made it much harder to do a Thin Black Duke. So I had to keep. I had to keep busy. So and part of that business would also include include the live format. So we we toured on Salminio. We toured on. I did the show. The festival with Zoo toured. uh, Toured with Boonwell. And then toured twice with uh L'enfance Rouge and did a, I think a record with them as well called the first Will and testament so so these are all you know I mean every two years I was on the road playing live shows using my voice in the air as well as in the studio right so it made a, it made a big all all of these things I can credit you know uh, with what I did vocally on on uh, thin black Duke, even though my ideas about what I want to do there. Existed in it, advance of doing a lot of these projects.
2: So, well, yeah, and you still it allows you to kind of flex different mm. muscles uh, necessarily when yep. you're like like lean like we'll say lean times for your main thing that you can make sure that you know you're, you're coming in hot and you're you're not having to you know necessarily like oh hold on guys I got to go
1: yep. practice for like three yeah, days. You know, yep. 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 And, and I mean, even you know, even if it's one song like the the fight map thing that you and I did, that uh, which which was uh, pretty fun, that, that was uh, you, you know that set me up perfectly to do kind of well, which was more kind of traditional. Type of thing that we were doing in any of the kind of esoteric Oxbow stuff. So it was really pretty, pretty perfect and it just happened. I mean, I didn't know you were going to call me. So um, <laughs> I did just kind of come so, you out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. It's cool. It can, you know, these things all contribute. Um, you know, so.
2: Eugene is, of course, referring to the Kona Neutron of the <laughs> Secret Friends record, "The Enemy of Everyone," where he sings in the song "Fight Math." Where's the applause button? Yeah, yeah there we go. We're there gonna, go. we can get, we can get yep. a little applause in there, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, when you when you when you're talking about kind of growing into your voice, uh, you know, like a lot of those early Oxbow records, uh, you know, it, it was it was some chaotic uh, and kind of like i envision bleeding vocal cords for some of the the recording process yeah, and i'm i'm i wasn't there but that's kind of like it had that level of just full on emotional intensity but also just like you know kind of rah, kind of crazy uh insane strain on the on, on the voice whereas it kind of seemed like you kept the same intensity as it went on but sort of found an, a different way to present that. Do you think that's wildly off well, base or
1: uh, No, I think I think that's pretty right, but the reality of it is, I mean, I'm looking at these things as com- vocally as conversations, right? And um in uh, genre music I like, you know, I, I still find myself periodically returning to hardcore and so on. But I have no interest in making genre music because they're pretty monochromatic Mm. in terms of emotions. So if you, I mean, and this is, I remember thinking about Rollins and he was saying why he quit music. He goes, you know, you don't have music, music has you. And I don't think he, there's that scary part where you're, when you're making music, where you feel something else happening and you either embrace it and go with it even if it takes you to a sucky place or you don't you just go look what I did was good enough that was you know I've seen the mountain top and I'm going to move on yeah. and as far as I was as far as I was concerned you know what was going to dictate what I did vocally had to be something else other than a reference point to what other people were doing musically or what I had done before musically it had to come from a, a more significant place like inside um, so, you know, I understand people not liking Oxbow, but you can't tell me that the it's of poor quality because I don't hear a single note that I've sung in the last 12, 15 years that, that I think is a false, false note. Um, it is exactly as it should have been, um, exactly as I wanted it to be and exactly as my soul called out for it to be. So, um, and that's, you know, each, and people it, the the obsessives kind of understand this because if you pay attention to the voice from Fuck Best all the way through, things are changing. But they're changing in complex, small, subtle way but really large ways too, you know. Um and lazy reviewers will review it and go, Oh, the shrieking, the howling now, a lot of that from, I mean, going back to narcotics story, things are changing and the, the, the sections of the songs are being voiced differently.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: on the, on the production side, Nico, who did a killer job on a thin black dupe, is actually with the benefit of, 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 you know, song sculpting, using my voice in, a, in, a, in a, or constructing the spaces around my voice, he and Joe Ciccarelli in a much more uh, compelling way, I think, uh, technologically speaking, than we're able to do when we're just doing on tape. So um, I I, I think, I mean, we had no guarantee that this record was going to be great, um, but there was a certain point at which we knew it was going to be great beyond a shadow of a doubt. And, um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it was not during the first five years of working on it. It, it happened during this, the, the second half of that, that decade of, of work on it. Um, but part of that had to do with the fact that in the second half of that decade, nobody gave a fuck, even more so than they ever did not give a fuck before. <laughs> um, so that really gave us an opportunity to, um, to have, in my case, my my voice voice things differently, hmm. um, and, and
2: new levels know, of taking risks because of the. Uh, well,
1: you know, I'm, t- I'm tied into I'm tied into the lyrics because I write the lyrics. Yeah. So when you you know when you ask Dan what the song means, you know he's he will talk to you about music notes and time signatures and that kind of stuff, right? And Nico will talk about those things in production and orchestration. I'm talking about the ideas, because I'm writing the lyrics. And when your ideas change, the world around those ideas changes. And so the guy who wrote Flip Fest" is not the same guy who wrote Thin Black Duke. Everybody should know that, but we don't see it. You know, Steven Tyler, <laughs> <laughs> right. sweet sweet, you know, sweet emotion and love in the elevator. And in his mind, these are the same fucking songs, because all they do is the same song. They're yeah, a bar yeah. band par, par excellence. Good for him. That's not what we're doing.
2: I, a side note, I would love to hear Stephen Tyler try to sing something off of Fast. That'd be pretty great.
1: Uh, you know, if you could get himself to do it, that would improve his life 100%, I'm sure. <laughs> so it's,
2: it's, uh, but it's, you brought an important point that it's also like, you know, again, there's like a through line through it that you know you, you start from the one place and, and kind of carry it over to the other. Like, for instance, when I was talking about, I was talking about you in uh, Kentucky, to my friend and guest, former guest of the show, friend of the show, Eugene Ralph from uh, Fading Out and um, Malignant Growth mm-hmm. and other such bands, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, Eugene from Whipping Boy," and I'm like, "Oh man, yeah."
1: <laughs> yeah Jesus, yeah, right. <laughs> I, forgot, I
2: forgot all about that. He's like, oh, "I haven't seen that guy in forever." I was like, "Oh, Christ." All well, right. see,
1: most pe- most most people who who know me as Eugene from Whipping Boy have absolutely positively not made just Oxbow is was just they, they, they don't they it, it doesn't it's like saying Mars or you know subatomic particles it doesn't make any sense to them like we played the door festival in belgium and we go back to the food tent after we played and i see vinnie uh, um and uh and roger from agnostic front and of course you know i was at agnostic front's first practice passed out in the room in this basement on the lower east side when <laughs> john john watson was a singer you know um i'm like hey and those guys are like oh hey eugene like it was perfectly normal to see me there, but because I think they they assumed that like I was as doing a roadie thing or something because in their mind Boy wasn't still registering. So what the fuck was they doing? And then they actually said, "What are you doing here? I said, "Oh, I'm I'm Axpo is playing."
2: I'm playing, you and dicks. They,
1: <laughs> no, I don't. I, I didn't care that they didn't know. It just amuses me that all my hardcore friends. It's like that's it. They don't know. They don't know. And the few that have made the journey. I have one friend from New York Hardcore. He came to see us play at some place, and he was like, I got to apologize, man. I slept on you guys. You're a great fucking band. I don't know. And it's not like he still listens to Hardcore. He just, you know... Eugene with a boy, boom, that's it. That he doesn't understand anything beyond that. Um, and there are, a few, there are a few guys I know from San Jose Hardcore who never bothered. And one came to see uh, Oxbow play uh, a year and a half ago. He's like, I got to know when you're playing again. I'm sorry. And I've done that. I've done that to dance before, you know, where I just refuse to pay attention to him for whatever reason. Yeah. And then listen to him 15 years later with the benefit of Shuffle, which introduces you to shit. Oh, I didn't realize I had to Yeah, I it. What's this? Yeah. Oh, this is great. Boy, and then yeah. boom. I mean, uh, there's one band. Who's that band? That hardcore band from uh, Connecticut. Uh, Ray Capo used to sing for. Oh. Uh, of today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they were fucking phenomenal. <laughs> and I just completely refused to acknowledge them, like through the late '80s. I didn't give a fuck. I really enjoyed them on record. Now, twenty years, thirty years later, so. Well, but yes, Eugene from Whipping Boy, Whip Boy is still around.
2: Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> and it's 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 funny what what people latch onto, and especially you know some folks that kind of stay with it and, and kind of imbibe new things. And, and but even then, I mean, there's still some things I'll find that I'm like, oh my god, this is fantastic! How did I not find out about this sooner? What the hell? Yeah, and I'm yeah, actively yeah. looking.
1: Well, I mean, so you get into this kind of weird ass Burberry collectors thing, where you know. I could go up to the next 10 people who are in the music and say Whippy Boy, and they would kind of know, oh, yeah, 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 hardcore, and that's enough. They don't have to have actually heard the music, and right. it's the same with me. You you could give me 10 bands, and I can't name a single Yala Tango song, but I, I got a general idea of what they do, yeah. you know.
2: They sound like a so, cool record collection. I mean, they, <laughs>
1: they, they do a lot yeah, of right. stuff,
2: and that's, I, you know, that's it's their that's their thing, and that that's fine.
1: No, whatever. I mean, this is like I, I hated Bell and Sebastian for so long, because uh, somebody played me one record. I go, this is that. I can't take it. Right? <laughs> this is horrible. And I asked uh, Gerard Cosloy, I go, why are you even putting this stuff? He goes, it wasn't my decision to put it out. I go, okay. <laughs> and then I'm sitting around, actually, really four days ago, and I go, this song is great. What the fuck is this? And I get up, and it's on my iPod. Somehow it got snuck on there. It was a Bell and Sebastian song. a like, motherfucking
2: right. Sebastian.
1: Yep, yep. needed your iPod like to you too. To yeah, exactly. I don't know how the <laughs> fuck I got on there, so...
2: Yeah. You're welcome, America. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, it, it, I mean, and it's interesting you mentioned that because, you know, as far as the Venn diagrams of, uh, you know, musical genres go, and as someone, you know, former... Former employee of the fourth coolest record store in Berkeley, <laughs> uh, you know I, I I certainly know my way around categorizing music and 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 how things go. But it's I, I found it interesting that Oxbow has always been kind of unclassifiable. But that definition and the, the way that that's that word's kind of floated and what it's meant uh, has changed a bit over yep. the years. Yeah. And I find that interesting because a lot of bands don't do that. Even bands that I love, like bands that I think are yeah. wonderful and unclassifiable, they kind of like they stay to one one kind of unclassifiable, and that's right.
1: that's yeah. how they roll. Well, I mean, you know, we start. It's easy when your ship gets unmoored from from the dock. You know, I mean, our, we maybe had reference points before, but at this point, our only reference point is Oxbow. Yeah, it's so you know. It's really hard to chart a course any other place but Oxbow when your reference point is only Oxbow, you know? Um, so, yeah, and my favorite thing, like, in that thin black book that they put out, the companion book to it, was the testimonials. And one of my favorite testimonials is the faint praise from Dwayne, um, what, the, what the hell is his last name, uh, from Jesus Lizard, with the... I mean, Dennison Dennison, And he's like, and he's never been a really big Oxbow fan, but he, he and he's told me why. I mean, we're friends. He's told me why. <laughs> Our associates, I go with associates. He's told me why. And um, and I like that he's carried that through in his take. In essence, he's saying, I don't know why people like you guys, but, <laughs> I guess it's because I guess it's 'cause you do interesting things, you know. And to me I I, I kinda like it. It's like I don't recognize why this is of value, but it seems to be of some kind of value. And so okay. <laughs> you know, it's not his type of music. I got it, I got it. But yeah, I really the- liked it and that's why and that's why I put his testimonial uh, in there. Yeah. But yeah, you know, the, the ways in which we are unclassifiable. Um I mean I can tell reviewers who are not even trying and what I like is that the ones who have continued to kind of try, you know?
2: Yeah, because, I mean, there was definitely, and first of all, yeah, Dwayne Denison, great guy, uh, former guest of the show. We just had him on uh, real recently, and I always love talking <laughs> to him. And I love, you know, he he has a certain brevity that uh, is all too rare in this world that, that I find. Well, I, like that,
1: I like that he's one of the least political people I know who, you know, like, I mean, I remember doing a show with him when he was in the USSA and he came into the dressing room we're sitting there and the opening band was there as well and he's like hey how you guys doing and they're like great he goes you got some beers here they're like yeah yeah he goes you got a contract that allows you to drink those fucking beers and the <laughs> guys are like thinking he's joking he's like what i'm saying is in your contract do you have a certain number of beers that you can drink stipulated and then they realize he absolutely isn't fucking joking. He goes, "Cause, cause we do." And you know what happens when we get off the stage? We come back here and we discover there's no fucking beers here because the band that didn't have a good contract drank our fucking beers. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and I'm just sitting there, like you know, like a kid with divorced parents, like, "Oh shit, it's going down." <laughs> and uh, and then he turns to us and goes do you guys have a fucking contract? And I look at him and go, we most certainly do. And he goes, okay then. I mean, that was that was fucking great. That was like the least political thing I think I've ever fucking seen, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit if you care whether I'm an asshole or not, you're drinking my beer, fuck you. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love Albini so much because he just in his old age, he's gotten sort of political. Like, he won't just randomly talk shit about anybody, but in the old days, you could just reliably account on him for just whatever what are they what are they gonna do yeah, beat me up and which is an attitude that I really love and find totally fucking refreshing because then you don't have to wonder with him, you know yeah um so it which is the contrast with somebody like Mike Fox who used to play guitar for uh, Los Obedados and I love Mike Fox, great guitar player. And it became a personal obsession of mine to see if I could ever get him to talk shit about anybody. And I, <laughs> failed, I failed. I failed miserably every fucking. I mean, I went deep, man. I said, "What about Charles Manson? You know, he killed those people." you know. And the guy had a had a bad up had a bad upbringing. He is really a relen- a relentlessly positive, relentlessly positive guy. You know, I love that guy.
2: So. He's like the guy that's like finding wow well, <laughs> for Charles Manson. Yeah,
1: like, yeah but he, I think he just rejected the premise of, of continued negativity, which I really liked. So
2: well, that that is kind of refreshing in this world. I mean, I mean, geez, that's, mm-hmm. that's, considering how much relentless negativity and and sort of again just. People being disconnected and feeling like they're uh, better people for being disconnected from stuff so they can really yeah, but, the, but at the it. same
1: time with Dwayne, Dwayne Denison, the his way is refreshing as well. Just giving it the straight shot. I mean, it's a continuum of which I imagine that I'd like to. I, I sit somewhere in the middle. I mean, uh, you know. If you ask me honestly, I'll tell you honestly, and knowing that keeps people from asking me honestly. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: so this, uh, yeah, absolutely, and, and and candor is a is a wonderful thing, uh, really. And you know, that's I, I find it interesting that you're one of the few people I know that uh, you know can can kind of talk a good game, uh, but also is very articulate with your writing. Like, I've enjoyed your writing, especially all the stuff you've done with Ozzy. You know, yep. uh, which if anyone is, who hasn't checked that out needs to go look up Eugene Robinson on Oz, – it's ozzy.com, right? O-Z-Y. Well,
1: right now, everybody's like spelling Ozyzy because you're thinking about Black Sabbath. <laughs> but no, it's, Naturally. It, it's, it's O-Z-Y.com. Right? Right. Uh,
2: my favorite, of course, is when a former uh, presidential candidate and presidential frontrunner of 2004, Howard Dean, uh, retweeted yes. one of your article links, which I was like, oh, that's yes. fantastic.
1: There's another yeah, Eugene great.
2: Robinson that's a political commentator
1: too though uh yeah that, that, that's eugene h i'm eugene s ah. but,
2: but I thought it was awesome that like whether it was you know however he came to it, he saw the article, which I don't even remember the content of, but liked it and and retweeted it, and I thought that was that was
4: good, yeah. good on that, you was, that was
1: him and him and George Takai are my biggest highest profile uh fans nice. and uh and then there's one i'm not gonna put her on front street because it's not cool but there was this woman who i grew up reading uh who i love she used to write for playboy she used to write for rolling stone and in this day in these days of you know into in mutual interconnectedness she wrote me and said oh you know i love uh i love uh this piece that you've written and i was like oh thank you hey shit i'm a big fan you know i i I myself out, and she's like, yeah, yeah, it's great, thank you. She says, you know, you're, you're very handsome. I was like, oh, shit. I'm being hit on by one of my fucking idols. How do I play this? Right, and, right. Uh, and, of course, you know, that. Uh, well, that's another story for them. It's <laughs> a different show, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: That's a Protonic Reversal After Dark. You can catch that on the uh, bonus episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the ones we make people what? pay for. So, yeah, we can make money on
1: this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's After Dark. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
2: so, with the. And what's interesting is because being someone who's uh, a writer of lyrics and, and a lyricist and, and kind of like finding finding that depth in a writer period. I mean, uh, not to say nothing of the actual books that you've written. Uh,
4: Yeah.
2: How have you found that process of of the writing of, you know, either long form articles or books coming from a place of, uh, you know, for lack of a, you know, it's a cliche term that people roll their eyes on, but like the poeticness of lyrics in angry music or rock and roll, however you want to say it. Uh, have you found that to be helpful? Has he found that to be a hindrance? Is it just, you know?
1: You no, know, it's it's all the same. It's all, I mean, you know, there's, um, there's I don't know if you've ever read Lord Dunsany, I could be mispronouncing his art Dunsany, Dunsany, and he does this mm-hmm. story called the, the Three Sailors' Gambit, and these sailors are completely, I mean, they're sailors, old-timey sailors, not super sophisticated, but they play a great game of chess. And people can't figure out they whisper and they don't know the names of the pieces, but they play a great game of chess. And finally some guy says, Hey, listen, I'll buy you guys some drinks. They get some drunk. And he finds out that in their travels that they made a deal with the devil and the devil sold them, uh, sold them this thing that would let them be the world's best chess players. Mm -hmm. So it's a crystal, it's a crystal. And they look at the crystal and the board, whatever board they're sitting behind is in the crystal and it, tell, it makes the moves that they need to make, you know? And um, they, he says, well, what happens if you don't, you know, they start to think after a certain point that they, could, they were the ones who were actually playing chess and would make a move that wasn't uh, recommended by the crystal. And rather than, you know, it recalculating like your GPS does inside, you know, it, it gave intimations of their future. So the crystal got angry and it became a terrible, terrifying thing, which it would never do again. So th- the crystal presented the moves, they made the moves and everything worked out perfectly. Um, and they played together because when they died, they didn't want to go to hell alone. So that's why they all played together. So for me, this is very much like the process of putting words on paper or putting them on screen or whatever. I mean, they announced themselves to me and at this point. Now I completely, am not resisting, you know, I just, uh as they announce themselves, they go onto the paper and, uh, and, and that's been so far like automatic writing in olden times. It's become the kind of most reliable, you know, thermometer for my, my moods, uh, and my ideas. So, uh, Ozzy, Ozzy has given me a great, uh, a, a, a really wonderful kind of platform to do stuff that I really wouldn't be allowed to do it, you know, you know wall street journal or the new york times or whatever right. so and same with oxbow and any anybody else who's you know they either see it or they don't you know i still have people tell me man your writing sucks and i'm like okay thanks <laughs> wow you know i mean they're they're different they're, they're things that i'm completely immune to criticism on right right, you know, right. yeah your, your band your band sucks okay Mm-hmm. <laughs> your writing sucks. Okay, I mean the things that I have a hundred percent confidence in, you can say anything you want because you're not talking about me. You're talking about yourself. Yeah, you know my jiu-ji- my jujitsu. Now that's something I'm worried about. <laughs> 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 you tell me your jujitsu sucks, man. I'll go for a panic for half a day. <laughs> <laughs> am I wasting my time? I don't know what I'm doing. You know that kind of thing. So,
2: well, and that's um, an interesting that's an interesting segue. So, when did you actually? Really start in with the martial arts, uh, full
1: bore. Oh well, well, obsessively seven years ago. I mean, I did. I spent seven years doing Kenpo karate, pretty obsessive. What I thought was obsessively, and that was only two days a week. But with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu now. I mean, at my most crazy, I was going nine times a week. And now I've kind of backed up. Yeah, I backed off because my body said, fuck you. So I backed off and I'm doing five or six times a week now.
2: Yeah, taking it easy. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. And that's seven years and I'll I'll be going. I was supposed to go to the Worlds in Las Vegas to fight uh, August 26th but uh brazilian got unaccountably organized and i was waitlisted didn't get my registration in on time so i'm not i'm not fighting mm-hmm. but i'll be fighting in just i'll be fighting in december in los angeles for the for the world's so, no gee so it's pretty exciting
2: wow that's cool so and and you do that um you do what's the what's the show was it knuckle up was that the is
1: that oh uh, yep yep yeah i got three shows on, on bloody elbow well uh, my, my solo show is called mm-hmm. knuckle up and then I'm a, I'm a guest host on two other shows. One called If I Did It, and uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah and the yeah, where we solve PR problems that people might be having either inside the sport or outside the sport, and then uh, care don't care preview, which is connected very much, you know, whatever upcoming fights there are. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm obs- I'm clearly obsessed with the the fight game. So
2: yeah, apparently you like it. Huh?
4: <laughs> mm,
1: mm, mm. Well, you know, it, it allows you to be somewhat philosophically consistent. You know, wow. um, like I, I don't ha- I don't have to change my policy positions because I'm afraid of getting beaten up. <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so do yeah. you find
2: with that world? Because obviously. You know, m- most of the folks. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. Maybe not. Uh, a lot of folks from like the world of fighting aren't necessarily coming from the same place of, of punk rock and uh, you know. Hardcore. Oh yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. are. They? Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. El- elementally, elementally, it's the same type of people. They just you know they the canvas upon which they decide to play up their lives is completely different. But the, the energy that was in hardcore when I got into hardcore. Keep in mind, unlike some of these other guys, I was actually in the punk rock. You know, in 1977, my stepfather gave me a record by Eddie and the Hot Rods called Teenage Depression because he thought it was a joke. But <laughs> at the same time, I, I was reading in the paper about the Ramones, yeah. James Chancellor launched No Wave, and I was going to shows at CB's. You know, I was seeing Klaus Nomi live. I mean, this is, you know, the new wave, punk rock, before I got into hardcore, so I've been listening to weird music for a, 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 you know a long time, and the personalities that attracted me to each of these scenes are very much kind of like the personalities that are involved in fighting. You know, people for whom tomorrow they don't believe is really promised, desire or something they're <laughs> interested in necessarily, and are living in this really exciting perpetual uh, uh, now. Um, I mean, I, I've met some, you know, real characters in the fight world that very much akin to, you know, I remember at one point on the Lower East Side, in a hardcore heyday, I'm in some party on some sto- storefront squat, and that guy Frenchie, of course, who's now dead, is kicked in uh you know, kicked in a, a chainsaw and is whirling around the room with a beer in his mouth and a chainsaw that's fired up and just... I go. They Frenchie put the fucking chainsaw down. I mean, how often do you have to tell somebody to put the chainsaw down? You know? <laughs> uh, um, and then, you know, and then, and then flash forward to me being in St. Petersburg, Russia, where I'm doing color commentary for German TV for a World Valley Tudo Championship. And, you know, one of the referees is telling me about how he had his foot yanked off because he was fighting on the balcony with a friend and they fell off the 10th store 10th store balcony and the only reason he lived is because as he flailed to the ground his foot got caught in the banister of the second floor balcony oh, no. and the, the, the yanking off of his foot slowed him down sufficiently so that he wasn't killed when he struck the ground and his friend who he was wrestling with was killed I mean who are you wow. going to get that story from? you get that story from, from guys who play golf? No. <laughs> you know, right. So, yeah.
2: None of the golf courses I heard of.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. So I'm I'm finding the person, you know, there's crossover, right? The Ray Kapo, who we mentioned earlier, long time jiu-jitsu guy, mm. Billy Day, from Biohazard, jiu-jitsu guy, Harley Flanagan from the Cro-Mags, jiu-jitsu guy, um, I mean, you know, Maynard from Tool, jiu-jitsu guy, it, the list goes on and on of people. You know Duff Duff, whatever that cat is from Guns and Roses, Jiu Jitsu guy Tom Lee, Jiu Jitsu guy. You know? <laughs> um, one of the guys in Lightning Bolt does Jiu Jitsu. Okay. Guys and the daughters, the daughters do Jiu Jitsu. I mean, it's just it's pretty much more widespread than you'd it, think. It's
2: a great equalizer, I guess. I right? That, that
1: exactly right. Hmm. <laughs> huh?
2: All right. What do I know? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now you do. Now you now do. do. Now I now. do. <laughs> so, uh, do you find? So I, I liked your 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 the book fight. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it for a for what it was, and yep. as a thing as a point in time. And there seems to be a certain amount of people that kind of grappled onto that, so to speak, and defined you as a as a human being, like with like, oh, this this guy is 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 this person this character this this archetype from there this is it yeah i mean do you find that to be like off-putting is that something that kind of like you are okay with i mean is that something that you run into a lot i mean do people do you even notice it much in life
1: (laughs) no i mean in this interview cycle with black duke we one we don't do any interviews that don't include like the three we do all the interviews all together, you know, we're not, just so um, if it's just about, unlike this, if it's just about things like Duke, we do them all together, and secondarily, I've shut down any talk about fighting, we got a lot to talk about when we talk about the music, so I'm not going to talk about fighting, unless I'm talking to somebody who knows what they're talking about, sure. in which case, I'm probably on some, on some MMA fight show, and that's right. totally different, you know? So, you know, I don't, it doesn't make very much of a difference to me if people people get hung up on places where they want to get hung up. And I don't even see this hung up. I mean, I have had more people come and tell me that that fight book changed your life than people have come to me and to, told music. Yeah, guys, look, I was depressed. I started training. You changed my life. I'm obsessed with jiu-jitsu now. I go five times a week. God, some of these guys have actually challenged me, and sometimes I show up at their place, and I'll actually, you know, fight them, too, just, you know, for fun and, um, so it has its own, you know, it has its own. I mean, you wouldn't think that that book, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, the book actually had groupies. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, was
2: that something that you <laughs> that you thought of when you were writing it? That you're like, boy, this is not at all. It's like going to be at the Fight Club it. for the punk rock set.
1: Yeah, you know, I know some woman who kind of wrote me and was like, I like your book. I said, like, Yeah, yeah, sure, great. She says, No, I really like your book. I was like, Yeah, yeah, great. She says, No really okay i got it (laughs) i got it i got it i got it Um, thank you (laughs) but but i mean it it helps that i've written other books as well so people you know you can't you go to amazon it has all the other books i've written too so i mean you kind of realize the fighting is maybe only a small portion of the pie
2: (laughs) yeah i mean i i mentioned earlier but i really like long slow long slow screw i thought that was a very good book and you know i'm i'm someone that I, I tend to view the musicians <laughs> writing books like with a little bit of a side eye sometimes, you know, like it's yep. you know, for, for obvious reasons. Well,
1: that's what, that's what the Diamanda Galas actually, high praise came from her. She's like, you know, you're not one of these rock guys who wrote a book, you're a writer. And I was like, I got, it. Yeah. I, you know, yeah, you're not telling me something. I don't know, you know, <laughs> but, I, but you know, I'm All not right, going to shit people's books. You know, good for them to write the books, but, you know, I'm, I mean, for me, it's like I, I know a real writer from a guy who can write. It's a big difference. You know, Lots of people can write. I mean, it doesn't make them writers in my mind. So,
2: well, and, 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 the, sma-
1: and, the, sma- and the smarter ones say this. You know, Rollins is like, hey, I'm, not, I'm just keeping a diary. I let you guys read my diary. I'm not a real writer. And, uh, you know, so. You
2: had a, you've got a good turn of phrase, too. And there's one, there's one phrase specifically that, like, gave me a full stop when I read it and wrote it down. I use it all the time, which is a, and I can't even remember the context of the phrase, but uh, you use the phrase mediocre misery. And I was like, Oh <laughs> God, what? That's it's like someone yeah. rung a bell for me. It was like, yeah, Jesus, that's yeah. the fucking thing yeah, right. right there.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. No, these day in and, and day out. I mean, you know, Albert Speer had the kind of whole Nazi theory of ruin that buildings in decline should look as good as they did when they were first built. And I've kind of, you know, somebody, my sister had delivered some, found some home movies of me at four years old, five years old, and I, my wife had never seen it. And I was showing her this, and she goes, what? And she goes, like, looking at it? She goes, what the? F- are you are you wearing jewelry? I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I see it at five years old. It's not a real this is a very strong through line to that five year old the the fifty five year old I <laughs> bid you know I wanna look around. I wanna I, I wanna look as good in decline as I did and yeah it, it doesn't to me I yeah, yeah there's there's a narcotic feel to mediocre <laughs> <laughs> to to be to be medi- to mediocrity, but you have to avoid this, you know. I mean the shit that I'm mediocre at, I don't really spend my time doing. Um, except for maybe some would say jujitsu, <laughs> right? Right. But, but 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 you know I have a whole wall full of medals that argue against that be it the case. So right. Even as it inse- insecure as I might be about my actual fight skills, you know I got a wall full of medals that says otherwise. So. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and it's it's weird how it all fits together, right? I mean, it's, it's I mean, you know, Diamanda Galas giving you some <laughs> some some. <laughs> some props that you know could have sounded well,
1: well yeah 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 but she if you if you read thin black book her quote again was another one of my favorites in the book was which was your band sucks your voice sucks and you have small hands <laughs> 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 i, I love that i i love that that was really pretty perfect oh, you man. know so.
2: <laughs> what a cool lady <laughs>
5: um so I just want to ask this, like as a complete novice that knows very little about jujitsu, uh, when you're practicing it now, are there do you have goals in mind or is it just kind of a general practice?
1: No, you have know, goals in mind, of course, you know. I mean, um it, it's really incremental. It takes 12, twelve, thirteen years to get to a black belt. Okay. Right? And that's twelve or thirteen years of me going five days a week and something magical happened in the last year and it's, it'll not sound that big of a deal to you, but it really was a big deal. Whereas if at any point when I was fighting, if my coach would come up to me and said, what the fuck are you doing? There was a point where I would say, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm trying not to get killed here. And then suddenly, in the, suddenly in the last year, they I realized there wasn't a single point I which anybody could stop what I was doing when I'm fighting with somebody and say, what are you doing? Right, well, yeah. I couldn't answer the question. Well, yeah. I could very clearly answer the question about what I had just done, what I was presently doing, and what I was about to do. And it was like, if you had told me that that moment was going to come, I would have said, ah, oh, you're, you are it's crazy. It's, how did I do that now. No, 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 no. It's totally different. Yeah. When I first started, people would tell me to relax. I didn't know what that meant. And then one day, after a year of like fighting pros for the for the fight books, I realized, man, these guys are just gonna kill me, it sucks, and there's nothing I can do about it because I set out to write this book, it's a drag, and I just, oh well, and I really, for the first time, ever relaxed. And suddenly, jujitsu was fun, you know? Sure. So yeah. the, the the stuff that I had to discover in the, in the remaining portion of my journey, which I'm hoping will be the rest of my life, stuff that I can't even imagine. Like, it's just one day when it happened where I realized, situationally, where I was. And, I mean, the person, like you say, you're a novice, but the average person, they don't have a real sense that, <laughs> like, people who do this obsessively, they go, oh, the guy's got two hands, two arms, I could probably take them." I need to, I, you, you absolutely, positively cannot. Right. There is no change. <laughs> and I was joking about being able to beat my coach, and he was like, you need to know that's never going to fucking happen. I mean, you, you have, I've been doing this since I was 17. He goes, you know, I'm 40 now. Yeah. You know, you, it's, it's literally impossible for you to catch up to me. Right. I mean, you'll get close. You'll get close. You might get close. So for the average person, they they have no chance, no chance. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, two arms, two legs. There's tons of stuff that goes on, you sure. know, uh, moving your body through space. So, um, yeah, I'm, you know, whether it's a Japanese tea ceremony or a flower arranging or samurai, this is, is the magic of subtlety. You know, it, it takes a long time, but uh, a lot of complexity to get this stuff that's that simple.
2: Yeah, and it's, well, yeah, the magic of subtlety. Sure. I mean, that, that holds true for, for a lot of things. I mean, think it, it can correlate over to music as well, to a certain yep, degree. Yep. <laughs> you
1: know, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Somebody was telling me about the, some Cat Power record. I'm you know, like, man, it takes a lot of money to make a record that sounds that simple. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, uh, so uh, yeah, right. And uh, speaking of records, one thing I realized I've never talked to you about and, and haven't really heard that much about is, is the blackface stuff, the stuff you did with Dukowski. Uh, that was... <laughs> That that was uh, and that may be intentional. I don't know. Uh, t- let me know if that's the case. But uh, that that was a like the, the biggest news story in the world for like in my in my world anyway <laughs> for for like a couple weeks. And what what what, what happened?
1: <laughs> uh, Chuck! Chuck lost his mind. But part of that is mm-hmm. me thinking that he had his mind to lose. I hadn't realized when I stumbled into it that I think he had already lost his mind. I loved Chuck. I loved him for quite a long time. and But anybody who watched what happened subsequent to that with all the Black Flag shit yeah. with them suing has a vague kind of iceberg, tip of the iceberg sense of the fact that this was just... you you can't explain this stuff away, you know, and Chuck and I have known each other for a long time. You know, they put out Serenade in Red in the U.S. And and he, I did a spoken word thing and he backed me up and it worked real well. And we were, uh, you know, we were driving from Dobroff and I were driving down to uh, Venice and picking him up and rehearsing. And, you know, he was in off for two minutes too. And then that didn't really last. I just... It's a muscle, man. You gotta, you gotta exercise it. You don't exercise it, and you just you can't do it anymore. And I'm not talking about playing. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about anything else other than producing art. You know. Sure. Um, and um, and you know, I didn't, I didn't recognize the signs because I've been working with stable personalities. You know, just didn't recognize. He's like, ah, man, I think we're fronting. We're fronting. I'm not feeling this. We're not. We're cheating people. And I'm like, man, we're doing eight-hour rehearsals, and uh, this is not supposed to be Black Flag. (laughs) Black Flag. So it should be different. And uh, he says, well, we're not making enough money, and I got uh, the Off Festival in Poland uh, was going to offer us $19,000 to play support for Iggy pop at the festival. And I was like, I was like, this is a big show. There'll be lots of people there. This is $19,000. And he was just like, can't do it. You know, he's maybe, maybe if, you know, my wife Laura could come and we could do like a family band thing and do, you know, the the, the, the CD five. No man, it's blackface It's totally, you know, and, uh, I, I can't explain it i would I would have talked about it more if I had something intelligent to say about it but I haven't really had something intelligent to say and he he felt bad when he called me but I've never been one of those guys when somebody's trying to dump you that spends their time trying to talk you out of it you know and he's like you know you've got other bands you got other projects it'll be okay got, I'm Ch I'm a big guy you don't have to' you do you, you know it's it's very simple math you don't want to do it and he's like, yeah, I, yeah, that's right. And I go, okay, man, good, good luck to you. And I haven't spoken to him since then, really. So, damn. Um, but, but it was, you know, it, it, it conceptually it was. I mean, it was lightning in a bottle. It was a great idea, yeah. and what and what they've done to it post facto makes it a completely not great idea. From whether we're talking about that Greg Ginn cover with the. The vomiting molecule, you know, so bad. <laughs> horrible record, or the the aborted live shows, or just, the, I just, man, it was, it would have been great, it would have really been great, so it's too bad.
2: Yeah, I mean, that side of it's like it, it's impossible to satirize because it, it like is satire of itself somehow, and it's 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 so it's such a, well, I mean, come it's such a drag part of it
1: was. Part of it was like you know people who love hardcore and were there the first time around and could do it you know nth generation without aping mm, the original right. thing like the guys who weren't there and so post post facto to that Harley and I said we got to do some fucking music so we got Harley me Harley Scott Kelly from um, from Neurosis and Tom 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 Bilbroff, uh, on on drums and so we were going to do something and scott kelly's wife got very sick yeah and we said i guess our hardcore hardcore thing is we'll have to wait and harley harley formed a band called hardcore you know hardcore uh you know and their touring and stuff so uh, which is the name of his book which is a great book and uh you know so but you know i still i'm still in, in love with hardcore but a very specific subset of it i yeah yeah i'm not listening to the stuff that was made probably you know, I'm not listening to DRI. <laughs> Some people call it hard, hardcore. I love those guys. I know them, you know, but I just yeah, don't yeah. consider them to be. I don't consider them to be hardcore.
2: Uh, well, one of the things that excited me so much with the blackface stuff was this. I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah. You know, Daweski and, and Eugene. Yeah. Let's see what that sounds like. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah but
1: it, but it, but it, but it, but it was. I mean, you know, then like Ian. Who, you yeah. know, Mackay from the old days was like whispering according to chuck was whispering in his ear telling you got to change your name this is going to ruin you Mm. and i said yeah it would ruin you if i wasn't the singer but i'm telling you this is this is the name that i want
2: yeah yeah it's it's it definitely gets the attention
1: (laughs) yeah and i I said what 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 do you think we should change it to He says, well what about like black velvet that's fucking stupid E uh. <laughs> <You know, laughs> Ian could call his band Black Velvet I'm not he's not in this fucking band man we're not changing the name yeah. you know? so uh.
2: well and that's it, it. kind of you know the, the, the big elephant in the room with a lot of punk rock and hardcore shows is they they do tend to be like you know par- parade of parade of white <laughs> in, a, in a lot of
1: ways yeah. I mean I don't know about that I know the asshole punk thing in New York is doing really well and uh, were, my whole time being into, there were always been black folks around. You know, there was that weird period where uh, the Clash were having Grandmaster Flash open up for them and right, like right. the punk rock guys sure. thought that they had to be, you know, from the Disco Sucks of 1977, they had to hold it down for rock and roll or some shit like that. But, you know, <laughs> the Bad Brains wiped all that stuff right off the fucking table, you know.
2: Well, it just kind of, to me it seems that I mean, I, it sucks to have to like break it down this way, but of course we do because the, because if you don't, if you're not making something that like kind of can, can make people have that same epiphany of like, fuck yeah, this kicks ass. Like I'm like, mm. I come from this like, you know, weird background or like, you know, like, you know, stuff is jacked up at home or whatever. And like, I have my home here. Like, I I just like the idea, as a humanist, I like the idea of everybody having that feeling and, like, having everybody feel welcome. But, of course, by the same token, you know, there's this natural punk rock aspect to, you know, stick a thumb in the eye of, of, you know, damn near everyone. And I think some of that, you know, can come off of, like, like really mean-spirited. And it's interesting to me. I like talking to anyone... And I say this I say this as a white dude that and I like talking to anyone from from punk rock that's not a fucking white guy because I like mm. seeing what they get out of it because I like seeing what everybody gets out of it. it's pretty much what the shows about. <laughs> it's finding out what
1: people I, get out I, of it. I find any uh, any discussion I have about race in America just makes me sleepy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's I want to take a nap because, cause fundamentally, I just don't give a fuck. It's like you know when people talk to me about religion and it's some, it's like or like people. I had this great dream last night. it's Like, please don't tell me. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck <laughs> up. I don't want to <laughs> hear it. It means something to you. It means absolutely nothing to me. You know, it just. Uh, I mean, I remember pulling into a venue in in the Netherlands, and the guy, you know, one of the sound guys is there. He kind of sidles up to me, and we're looking at the stage, and you know. I'm just kind of looking at the st- I'm looking for what a singer looks for. Like, I'm going to hit my head or where's the PA? Yeah. Is it a straight mic? And he sidles up next to me and he goes, <sighs> And I'm looking at him, waiting for him to speak. And then he kind of goes, It's terrible about Rwanda, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, it is,
3: but. <laughs> I know. I just started. I started
1: laughing, man. I said, you know, I don't know anything about fucking Rwanda, okay. <laughs> and then he said, then I wouldn't leave him alone. Then he's like, okay, okay. Well, I'm actually the lighting guy. Are there any any light things that you would prefer? And I said, do you have a Jew filter? <laughs> I think you I know, saw Jude, Jude filter uh,
2: at Gilman once, actually.
1: Yeah, so do you have any, I mean, do you have, because uh, the black guy filters don't typically work, I mean, but the Jude Filters work really well. And, <laughs> and then he just kind of fucked off and let me alone. <laughs> oh, that's uh, wonderful. I mean, I understand I understand that there was an opportunity for him to have some kind of cross-cultural experience, but, sure. you know, I... You know, it's like after a show we played in Berlin, some guy comes up to me and says, "Hey, yeah, Eugene, let's go to the bathroom. And I figured he wanted to do some drugs or something. And I go, yeah, okay, what do you got? What's going on? He's, he's like, uh, I think we go to the bathroom and you can suck my dick. Hey man, first of all, look, I just played a two hour show. So yeah. you you know, you this is over the fucking line right now, right here, you know, but yeah, I got true. an idea. Why why don't you have your girlfriend who's standing right there behind you and didn't hear any of what you just said to me? Have her suck my dick and if I got enough energy left afterward you and I could talk. <laughs> and you gotta speak. And he got his feelings hurt and fucked off. And it was like, come on, man. I'm crazy enough as it is without you bringing your crazy to me. So it's, you know, I I have thoughts about Charlottesville and I have ideas about, you know, Trump and the flow. But I I think America, America in my mind is is like uh, an annoying teenager in a lot of respects where they could clearly spend the next two minutes or 20 hours or 20 years talking about the shit that they're obsessed with and their obsessions are their own obsessions like their dreams I don't racism in America come here fucking break that's not the real deal in America it that's not it's it's money baby Mm -hmm. it's fucking money straight up always always has been always will be you know and and, race is a convenient MacGuffin but you know my kids were very popular Right. When they were in elementary school and pre-K and kindergarten and straight on through because the parents could say, oh, my God, we could have this cross-cultural experience. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's right. like, no, nah, you're not having a cross-cultural experience because I'm a fucking middle class father and I got middle class fucking kids. And, with, you know, there's no there's no light between us here. Yeah. And the reality of it is none of us, none of us want a cross a, a, a cross class experience. That's why we focus yep. on the cross cultural experience, because you know, you 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 think Dr. Dre has his kids in the same schools that he went to? <laughs> Fuck <laughs> no, he no. doesn't. <laughs> Fuck no, he doesn't. He's got some. He's got some money now. Like uh, you know, he's got some money now, and wants his kids to have the full benefit of that kind of money. like <laughs> some professional football player. His kid was getting on street. And, um, you know, talking about the street on his Instagram page and his father kind of got in and said, it's going to be kind of hard with that one million dollar trust fund you got, don't you think? (laughs) You know, this is this is the reality, you know, Trump is not fucking racist guy. Fucking fuck all to do with it. The fact yeah. that you've got no money in the it's classed up and up, top to bottom. Haves and, and have nots, you know, and everyone in yep, between. You got it. You got it. So, this little moment that they've had of, oh, we showed the pointy heads, we showed the smart ones, you know, that'll eventually, <laughs> that all eventually sour to realize, you know, the guy with the gold toilets is kind of fucking us too, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Ugh.
2: That gold.
4: Mm mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's almost like, uh, <laughs> you, you know, they used to call the, uh, uh, the the euphemism for nuclear explosion was an unrequested fission surplus. Yep. You, can, you yes, can have an yes, unrequested yes, crazy surplus as well. Yeah, right. right. And that's about where we're at. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah. There's a surplus of crazy, I'm saying. <laughs> well, so... And and by the way, the the Doctor Dre Jimmy Iovine thing, uh, highly recommended. Yep. By the way, I I just just watched that recently, kind of on a lark, and um, oh yeah, yeah, super good. I I really yep. enjoy that. Hmm. But yep. it, it it definitely, <laughs> I like seeing. It, it, I think Dre kind of echoes a lot of what what you're saying, Eugene, with with just the <laughs> the idea of that. Like he knows where he came from, and he's comfortable where he's at. And yep. I find that a lot of people that have have. I know kind of live the life kind of have that sort of like interesting long view and there's something to learn from that which is you know that most people are getting one over
1: honestly yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's so rich now, he can afford to have, you know, other people beat his wives for him, you
4: know? <laughs> oh. Too real. Oh, Hashtag too sorry.
1: real. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> uh, you know. um, Excellent point. No, I,
2: Excellent. Thought that, I,
1: th- I thought that was a major failing of the, uh, you know, I'm I'm the father of three daughters, man. Yeah, you know, That it's... was a major, major failing of the fucking movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: it so. does kind of glance right past that. It's like, "Oh, what what was there's a th- there's a thing like, no, you're not going to mention that, huh?" Uh,
4: okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So but
5: whatever. So yeah, it's got to be the, you know, got to have the rose colored glasses on so we can sell it to Hollywood.
2: Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah. that's like that doesn't happen all the time, yeah. but <laughs> So when it comes time to like when you are like digging deep for for art and like finding finding your inspiration and we've talked a little bit about your like the allegorical nature of these things being stories whether they uh, you know manifest as like lyrics or, or actual stories like books and things along those lines like what kind of inspiration do you draw from like pulling from inspiration from different places and things along those lines like yeah. what where do you find that you uh, that you get the most the most juice from do you do where do you find the stories to tell yes
1: well i mean these are these are macro stories right like so for a long slow screw i had all this shit in my head from my new york stories from when i used to work out in this mafia gym you know and uh and uh, you know clearly i couldn't tell those stories in a journalistic format um so i figured i'd you know, I, I got to get them out of my head, and so it, it announced itself. Alongside so so school seemed to be a way to do that. The the uh, inimitable sounds of love, you know, threesome and four acts. That was uh, John Cage at his fellowship in Marseille, which then I got. You could do anything, and mm. he wrote he wrote a piece of music, but I'm not. I can't write music, so. They said, you could write poems, said, I don't want to do that. I said, oh, I'm going to do something that nobody will, that nobody else will ever pay me for. I wrote this play called, you know, called The Inimitable Sounds of Lux, which they fundamentally pay for. And and um, that is a nice, kind of, kind of convenient bridge to the next novel, which is what I'm calling my Californian novel, which is about you know, sort of marginally about the sex industry, you know, in California. I, I mean, it's, it's a novel, so it's fiction, but... Um, but these are, you know, these were pretty significant. New York was a pretty significant experience for me. You know, my time in California was pretty significant. Uh, it, yeah, you know, I mean, I worked for many years for, for Larry Flint and so on, and it was just kind of a weird... So it's a way for me to get these stories out of my head and and into a framework that some people might find entertaining, and that allows me to make kind of macro-philosophical points uh, in a long of course, about the nature of of commerce and, and, the, the new novel about love. So, hmm. um, you know, but trying to, you know, having this idea that I'm going to write a novel about love and then actually working on the finer mechanics of writing the book are kind of completely different things. And it, but it always starts out that way, Ryan. I wanted right? I want to write a long, slow screw, but writing a novel called a long, slow screw required lots of other things it can be enjoyed like the cheap seats enjoy. It's just a detective, you know, a, a caper novel, yeah. Or if you have the eyes to see, you understand. Maybe it's a philosophical treatise as well. So, um, I mean, and that's the way it is with the music. You know, I'm documenting stuff, but I'm looking for macro themes, of course, throughout my life and trying to talk about that in a really honest way. So,
5: Sure.
2: Well, and I appreciate the... Mindset that you guys have for uh, Thin White Duke that you kind of uh, are answering everything about it as a as a unified front with, with everybody full forward. But I wonder if you might speak to, you know, it definitely seems like there's some, some serious allegory that goes on with the with lyrics in that, that there's, I mean, there's, you know, there's a book. <laughs> they can yeah. get a limited edition book that comes with it. So it's definitely... Well, I, just, I, did,
1: I, did, I, did, I got kind of tired of journalists not getting it. And I, didn't, I knew we wouldn't have enough time to to catch them up in a way that made sense. So I just figured the book made sense and you know, I don't know how many journalists have it, but enough people have it so that, you know, they can call bullshit on a journalist who's completely off base. Right. So, uh. right. Hey, you know what, you guys, I actually got to go to dinner with my mom in like two minutes.
2: Hey, you know what, Eugene? It's been wonderful talking to you. Uh, thanks so much. We finally made it happen, man. Yeah, it's it's great. To, it's been great having you on the show. Man. I could talk to you well, for two you, more you,
1: hours. you know, you know me. I could have actually gone on for three hours, but my, everybody's texting me and they're tweeting me and they're you know, going nuts. So I should probably I, I should probably get to business here. Uh,
2: no problem, man. Hey, it's it's been great talking to you. Uh, thanks so much. And uh, you know, hey, I gotta say, man. Thin my Duke's one of my favorite records of the, the year, Black and that Duke. goes a lo- long way. Thin Black Duke, sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that, that's, that's really nice. Well, and I hope you enjoy the Midwest, man. Uh, it's uh, you gave up on the Bay Area, but
2: I did. But uh, you know, this—that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> that's a different show. we we'll, uh...
1: we are doing our best to make you feel at home. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, man. I got to run. You can see the, I'm moving through space here. You can hear the noise. So, all right, man. You uh, all right, you guys, take care. All right, thanks, man. Bye, bye. Thank you. Bye
2: there he goes Mr. Eugene Robinson let's um I know I I, I fucked that up like three times (laughs) yeah sorry well what are you
5: gonna do well you know you've had the thin white duke in your head for a lot of years I have I have
2: here's a blackface That was Blackface with "I Want to Kill You," and uh, we're gonna-
3: <laughs> that yeah. sounds so
0: weird when you do it like that. Hey, little um, um, hey everybody! With I else. want to kill you. Next up,
5: Steppenwolf.
2: wolf <laughs> are <laughs> gonna take you on a little magic carpet ride. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man!
5: Real quick, when we uh, when we were at the barbecue last year, Mr. Patrick Walsh was live from the barrage, and I figured out the best word to say in mm-hmm. that particular. A tone of voice best best band to to uh to uh uh uh, uh lead up to yeah yeah, yeah coming up to the break I'll <laughs> <laughs> I'll after the break
2: oh stay tuned we'll be giving away tickets to the con huge go dome we got yes playing hey, hey everybody <laughs> let's uh head on down to the roundabout oh
3: yeah
5: and you start working into uh it's so a f- wonderful comedian called james adomian he does some of the uh Sports talk is like rolling around like many pack
3: packyow
5: pack oh, that feels good in the back of the throat Pacquiao. <laughs> well,
2: I'll tell you that feels really really good Have you- <laughs> I-, I would ask you if you if you watch Brock Mariner, I-, I referenced it on uh one of the earlier episodes but I was trying to find like any uh, any way to s- just just stream it and this this is the this is the fucking conundrum of our age and also yeah. explain this to a founding father <laughs> but. I was trying to find some way to like watch this because I was, I watched the first couple episodes of it and I was like, oh, the show, show's great. And I've like, I've yeah. like referenced it a couple times. Nope, Clearly nobody's seen it but me, <laughs> but it's, it's awesome. I mean, it, maybe it's like You're only awesome only if one. you like broadcasting, but it's really funny. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't know how the fuck you see it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> right in.
2: Let us know. Well, how, do, how do you see Brock Meyer? <laughs> <laughs> Taking your calls after the break. Oh, <laughs> Coming up, we got the let's uh, a little, little slalom. It's a Firestone Tuesday. Oh. Get a free set of tires for the fourth <laughs> caller. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Gotta watch out. We're gonna be infringing on uh, apple juice and dick in the morning here. Oh, no! Come take on. it no. easy.
2: Different different show, different times.
5: What uh, other show? There's no other show. Know <laughs> what you're talking about.
2: <laughs> uh, we're gonna listen to their Oxbow song. This is uh, the finished line. Finished line. This is some this is some moody shit. Get into it. that's the finish line by oxbow that is the the closing track the remarkable closing track off of the thin black duke oh, which is hell of, a record. hell of a record only eight songs and it was like as many songs as many years maybe more but uh worth it yeah gotta say if something somehow manages to knock that off of my top 10 list for the year that's a hell of a year <laughs> let me tell you because i love i listen to this record fucking constantly yeah and it's um it's worthwhile. I mean, the rest of their discography is as well. You can also you, know, you can find that up on Bandcamp, folks. Bandcamp.com. <laughs> com. Oxbowofficial.bandcamp.com. Oh. No. Uh,
5: no. Somebody already have Oxbow on official.
2: <laughs> one, one would, one would <laughs> assume. <laughs> oh, come on.
4: Uh,
2: and there's, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. There isn't everything there. They got a narcotic story. What else do they have up here? They have they have the earlier stuff. They probably have Fuckfest. They have Evil Fest, Evil Heat, Evil Fest. <laughs> fuck. Uh, Serenade in Red. Ah, we didn't even ask about Marion Faithful, motherfucker. <laughs> I've had that son of a bitch sing on one of my records, and I still have never asked him about Marion Faithful. How was that possible? <laughs> fuck. God damn.
5: It. All right, he's oh, got to come man. back.
2: He's yep. got to come back. That's, That's all it, it is. It's uh, obviously we could talk to Eugene Robinson for for D's and D's.
5: I, re- I really do think that uh, from like 101 Fuck. on, it should just be like, get everybody back for the second time.
2: <laughs>
3: Start it over.
5: Start
2: it over. Hey, Ray Washam, I might understand you've acted in a few movies lately.
5: <laughs> this is what I've learned since the last time we talked. Now.
2: It's not a bad idea, actually. Uh, that, Would well. be... <laughs> those be easy bookings? I think they'd be uh. relatively easy bookings. That's... <laughs>
5: It's, you got a couple a, weeks to work on it. I have, have a spin-off
2: show. that's like
5: ah!
2: <laughs> a spin-off show of the of the radically unpopular
5: primary show.
2: We'll be the yeah, r- yeah. be the ropers of podcasts.
5: There you go. <laughs> hey. We'll I like the Ropers company like I think. that. I think I, think I did.
2: did. I like I was sure. a kid. What the fuck? Did I, I know? don't I didn't know. I don't know
5: Christ. It's like just yeah, the, the 18th flavor of Law & Order that's out there like, "Oh, we we put, Chung Chung. we put NCIS in a different town. Like, uh, oh. why, why did you do that? You was, just, it, was,
2: was somebody looking for that?
5: I, I guess. Somebody wasn't not looking for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like it's <laughs> Let's always it. on, Let's go. It's
2: always on everywhere.
5: That's not even a joke anymore. It, it, it literally, uh, there are channels where it's always on. No, it's
2: <laughs> with you always. <laughs> 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 <That's
3: a thunder.
5: laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've just got that, just just a weird like vision in my head of those like those those the the, the drawings the, the yeah yeah no, drawings, that's that's it except we- it's 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 Chris Maloney instead. Spencer <laughs> <laughs> D'Onofrio and he's got his head tilted in that weird way when he's, when he's trying to get answers out of you. he's he trying head. to run
2: spell check on the on the Excel file
5: and it's <laughs> D'Onofrio, Mariska Hargitay, oh, I got you, buddy. <laughs>
4: Holy moly, what a show! <laughs> Oh wow. Oh, we do have fun here. In
5: different ways.
4: All
2: right. So, uh yeah. You've been listening to Protonic Reversal. And we thank you for. It. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a little uh, we, we can do a little.
5: Yeah, do that. Yeah,
2: there you go. There you go. That that's just as good <laughs> as I know, it's, it's good fantastic. The that's uh, all right. Uh on
5: broadcast.
2: Day. The show happens uh, Well, first of all, I thank Eugene Robinson.
5: Yes, thank you so much. It was a great chat, great talk.
2: OxbowOfficial.bandcamp.com. Well, 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 I think it's in the. Is it still on the website? Maybe on the website. Right? Probably. The yeah. Oxbow. I don't know. Look it up. Use your Googles.
5: Thinking, Mr. Mrs.
3: Whatever. is America. Pretty, pretty sure. Ask, it's, ask Jeeves about Oxbow. Yeah. Look up
5: Wikipedia that.
2: Sure. Yeah.
3: Sure. <laughs> Anyone within the sound of my voice
2: show's called Neutrons, Protonic Reversal. It happens every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. I've Mountain, 5 p.m. Pacific.
3: There you go. 50,000 watts of power.
2: Radioneutron.com for the archives. You can hear this only on Radio Note. Not? I want to
3: ionize the air. Stay
2: tuned for... Cool stuff. Yeah. Can't, won't, won't disclose. Can't, can't disclose, won't disclose, uh, but cool stuff. Stay tuned. Stay, stay with it.
3: Microphone turns sound into There's electricity. Oh,
2: stay tuned for live listeners. Stay tuned for Music on with Musicod. Can you hear on. me now? was <laughs> too subtle. It's too subtle. I for know. I, I know. <laughs> Route
3: 128. The dark and
5: lonely. <laughs> I'm still distracted.
2: And as always, I got
3: my radio on. check you
2: later. Can you hear me
3: radio.
2: I'd be interested to hear uh, Yella from N.W.A. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah, I'd be okay with that. <laughs>
2: Yella does yellow.
3: Wow. <laughs> Let the bass kick.
2: How's it chillin'? How's it, it hanging?
3: Oh yeah.
2: This is Yella from N.W.A. <laughs> so listen to Radio No. Nope. <laughs> Alright, that was Blackface with I Want to Kill You. And, uh... We're gonna-
4: <laughs> that yeah. sounds so
2: weird
0: when you do it like that. Hey, little Blackface hey everybody. I Want I to up. Kill You. Next up, Steppenwolf.